bats, caps, and sunflower seeds. This podcast may contain adult language. Hello and welcome to this episode of Bats, Caps and Sunflower Seeds with myself, Ash. And me, Ian. So, Ian, what is today's episode? Oh, you're asking me. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Very robotic. So, Ian. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably fair to say that it's the end of the season I mean, look at it out there, it's grey, it's miserable, it's dank and it's wet. Um, and plus, yeah, it's actually the end of the season. So, let, let's review the season and how things have gone. So, not just us, why not ask other teams out there uh, across the UK? We've had quite a nice turnout. Yeah, seven, I think. Seven? Seven, seven, seven people have got in touch with us, at least. And, um, and six more than we anticipated. It's also just nice to hear from other people, I mean... Let's be honest, like, we can just sit back now and do nothing for this episode. Well, you pretty much do anyway. Well, there's that. It's also good to have a recap because we don't hear from other baseball leagues that much, do we? No. no I don't anyway. Well, no, I mean, I know I know the team's written down on the yeah. website or, or whatever, but yeah, any hero players. Yeah, yeah, but to be honest, I, I couldn't tell you much about the Bristol Badgers or... Fantastic name. Oh, it's a great name. But yeah, you know... I, in opening it up to everybody else and I'm so pleased we've got not just a response from a number of people but from actually all over different locations and obviously you'll hear from up and coming teams but we should really start close to home we should get a recap on on our season I guess yes I don't want to do it do you want to do it no let's ask Joe so I'm Joe Stewart I'm the catcher for the Norwich Tricini Warriors which is the single A Norwich Tricini team uh, this was our first season this year and I think with that, I don't think we were quite sure of what to expect when we first came into this season. So there was a lot of different expectations around. Some people were thinking, yes, we're going to absolutely crush this. But there was also a lot of people realizing we've got a very new team. We've got a lot of new players. And I was thinking about it uh, earlier this week that, in fairness, there's probably three players on our team who had been relatively consistently playing before this season. So I think our first games were basically a pretty solid reality check. Uh, but we've got a long way to go before we are sort of truly competitive for the next season. But from them games and from all the games in the season, we've basically shown that we have what it takes to win games. A lot of the games where we did lose, we didn't lose by landslides. They were pretty close scores on quite a lot of them. There was chances for us to uh, chance for us to take the win. I think it was a case of there's still a lot of things that need to be learned and there's mistakes which we need to sort of iron out, figure out where the mistakes are coming from and how we can improve on those. Yeah, I think that the first few games were probably the hardest of our season. I think they're the ones where you realised just how much we needed to do throughout the season. And obviously with a shortened one and the fact that we had quite a big break between our last training session and the first game, that was obviously uh, quite difficult. Overall, I'm very happy with how the season went. I would say, in terms of the actual playing and the games themselves, rather than the score lines, I think it was fantastic. Having come from playing at the with uh, sort of like this double A team quite a lot, and to be fair, quite a lot of them games you're watching some very good players playing smooth baseball and making the making the plays that making it look easy, and then you go back to this level and you think yeah this is the reason why they're making it look that easy is because they've been playing it for so long and they train in day in day out for years a lot of them have been playing since they were young kids a lot of the people who are coming into our season they're already sort of well into their 20s or 30s and they're playing in their first season so they haven't had the development as kids i would say there's definitely been players on our team who've really shone considering it is their first season I'd say one of the key areas of that would be our pitching. So we've had, I think, every single one of our pitchers were probably playing in their first competitive games this season. Some of our pitchers were playing in their first games in their, that they've ever pitched in. And even then, they weren't completely daunted by it. They were consistent. And as a catcher, you can sort of tell immediately how, how whether a pitch is going to be a 
good picture for the rest of the season. I can say that honestly, we've got some pitchers who, with a lot of training and a lot of uh, development and bullpen sessions, they're going to be really good pitchers um, the following seasons. So I'm feeling very confident going forwards for our team. I think it's the main thing. I know it's going to be a it's going to be quite a tough couple of seasons to get to where we want to be, but I'm I'm pretty confident that we can get there. One of the main things from this season, as I've said, was sort of ironing out the mistakes, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, it's been, as I said, quite difficult to get the training sessions in. But obviously, it's been pretty limited, especially during the early half of the season. The late half of the season, uh, we managed to get a lot more sessions in and I think that actually did show as we started to improve as the season carried on and obviously we did manage to get our first win in one of the games and a lot of the games definitely could have gone either way for a lot of the time and then possibly running out of steam a little bit towards the end of the matches I think that was generally how most of our matches went because a lot of the time it's pretty either low scoring and suddenly we'd just have one bad inning or they'd be high scoring and then we'd be able to catch up that seemed to be how a lot of the games would have gone I remember I think it was possibly in our first game where we were six runs down I think it was going into the final inning just a sudden burst of energy from everyone we were able to actually claw those six runs back and push it into extra innings that was either our first or second game of the double header and so we were actually able to I think it was the second game because I think everyone was wanting to go home at that point but I was like we might want to go home but we also want to win so let's go for the extra innings let's see what we can get from it unfortunately it didn't quite come off the way we wanted it to but it was still great to see that from everyone that they clearly playing baseball because they want to play baseball and they enjoy it because it could have been so easy to just say we'll take the draw we'll call it there and go home but no we wanted to really push ourselves and really go for the, what we felt like we could have got out of that game personal point of view i feel like my season went actually better than what i was hoping to do this season it's probably been my best season on a personal level able to hit consistently throughout the season i think overall throughout i think it was nine games that i played this season i only struck out once which was probably the biggest personal highlight for me and uh being able to get on base i think with the stats it was something like close to seven times out of ten going up to that bat, i was able to get on base and obviously using the advantage that i have to make my way around the base paths as i do have the nickname wheels as you will know for being some might say quite fast but uh i think yeah for personal level it was really good but i think for the most part i was happy that i could help out people who were learning the game as well so even when i wasn't playing i was happy to give others a bit of an insight into what's happening in the game explain to people the reasons why things are happening so explain some of the more obscure rules as you'll know baseball has the simple side of it and then the really complex side of it which i think is where a lot of our team are getting caught out is not realizing the complex parts of the game what do you do if there's a person on third and a person on first well actually you do this unless it's in this situation in which case you do this and then you start diving into it and there's all the different uh variables that you got i've seen it that will let someone know when it's not the right thing to do but also explain what the correct thing is to do after that and basically say we'll get the next one don't worry about it let's keep going we're still in this game let's pick up and get the next out let's make sure we do the right thing next time so that's joe speaking on behalf of the norwich warriors would you agree with what he said i would agree with what he said completely um we do call him wales just out of you know, a little bit of interest. We do call him Wheels. And Statman. Statman Joe. Yeah, if you want to know something, has he said in that? If you want to know something, stats, rules, speak to Joe. And also, if you want someone to get on base, pretty much certainty. Oh, yeah. Ask yeah. Joe. Yeah. You know, but yeah, um, that, that's part of, you know, Joe. So thanks for that, Joe. Agree with everything you said there. It was quite nice, and it was our second game. It was against Essex, uh, Redbacks, when we came back to tie the game. And it was quite nice back then because me and you Ian we've been in this team well I've been in the team 18 months you've been in this team yeah, say, a little bit longer yeah. um, so it was quite nice that we'd worked hard to get to this far and it was nice to see that you know majority of our team are completely new players and it was nice for the team to like not settle for the tie after we just lost the first yeah mentality was mentality there mentality was away, there straight yeah. away I mean we wanted to get home I mean it's a long day travelling to Essex Man. You know, so it was quite nice for the team, for the Warriors, you know, second game, coming hot, after a loss. It was loss. dusty as well. Dusty, that was, yeah. It was just nice that the team all voted unanimously, you know, we want to win. So, yeah, in some ways, I think that was the highlight. Not only because, obviously, it was the first game for us as a team anyway, but it just got us off straight away. Here's what we're about. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the ethic. Here's the camaraderie, etc., etc. So, yeah. no, really happy with that, Joe. Really happy with that, Joe. Thanks. Thankfully, we can hear from other people, not just us. Hey! We're looking further afield today. And we've also got different levels 
of teams coming in. There's not just obviously the single A side of things. We've got some incredible level players, none more so than Great Britain's Jonathan Crammon. Yeah, my name's Jonathan Crammon, a member of the London Mets baseball club and specifically the London Mets NBL team. We have had, like everybody, a very challenging season. I don't think that there's any baseball team in the world this year that didn't have a challenging season. For us, it was challenging before the world changed in March. We we had a a truly fantastic roster in 2019, a really special, special uh, group of guys that came together. It doesn't happen very often in this country that you get that amazing mix of human being and talent um, on a British baseball roster. We went 23-1 and last year um, and kind of felt invincible for most of the year. The off-season came. And we lost uh, Carlos Dominguez, our third baseman, who's the best player I've ever seen in the United Kingdom in my 21 years here. And just for some context, you know, the Mets, we, we, we've been an NBL team now since 2007. Carlos is the all-time leader in home runs for our team, and he played for us for three seasons. So we lost Carlos, and for anyone that's seen Carlos play, they know that that's a huge loss in the lineup in the scorebook. Um, but more pertinently, we lost an amazing teammate, a guy that a lot of us felt was a brother. We also lost Daniel Santine, who is a shortstop from Italy who played in Serie A and is one of the most graceful infielders I've ever been around. We also lost Rob Hero, who was our Harvard-educated leadoff hitter who could play any position. We also lost Lucas Friss, who was our college righty that diced up the Russian national team in the CB tournament. We also lost Michael Hoyes, who was our import player, a two-way player from Las Vegas who played college baseball. So we knew even before the pandemic hit that 2020 was going to be a, a challenging year for the London Mets. I don't think, I don't think there's any team in in Europe, let alone Great Britain, that could afford to lose five players and and, and five human beings of such quality and uh, expect everything to be exactly the same. Our, our decision was to try and replace them with young British talent. We have a long-term goal, which is to to win tournaments in Europe, and to do that, we're going to need a sustainable roster with, with synergy. Um, we're going to need guys who are really bought into our culture. So we brought in some young British guys, like I said. Um, Rory Chandler came in and really impressed all of us with, you know, it's interesting, right? You play against a guy for years and you have an idea of him and you kind of pigeonhole him in your head as this is who this, is who this person is. And then Rory came in and, and completely blew us and me personally blew me away with his thirst for knowledge, how many questions he asked and how how important his work was to him and how we tried to go about it in a really uh, in a really set way. We also brought in Dylan Baxter. Dylan's a young man who I had the pleasure of coaching his older brother, Connor, both with Met Youth teams and with the GB team. Dylan, again, absolutely blew us away. I think when the season started, the thought with Dylan was it's going to be great to have him in our dugout. He, uh, he might see the field, but the, the development aspect of Dylan's season is going to come with learning from people like Brendan Power, the Irish national team second baseman, and myself and Sam Sproul, and, and, and that was the exciting part of Dylan. Fast forward, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but fast forward to our final game of the season, and Dylan was in the starting lineup playing really good baseball. So it was an interesting start to the season for us, regardless of pandemic, I guess, is the top and bottom of that. Once we did get out onto the field, we had a, a, a good year considering we went nine and three in the regular season. I think we faced some 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 adversity for the first time in a few years, which is, in my opinion, at least very important. Like I said a few minutes ago, we, we want to win tournaments in Europe. What we find is when we go to the CV tournament every year, talent-wise, we're right there with the rest of the teams we're playing against. In fact, in some instances, we're better than them. But they've been playing close ball games all year, and we've been playing blowouts all year. And that's no disrespect to any of our NBL compatriots. You know, that's that's just factual, unfortunately. And it means that we struggle. We struggle in those close games because we haven't been there and we're uncomfortable there. So to to have some to have some adversity this year, we got swept this year for the first time in I think three years. It actually was a wonderful thing. And uh, that might sound a little bit cathartic or, or strange, but I can certainly remember the Monday after we were swept by the Enfield Capitals, who are our biggest rivals also. I woke up that morning more ready to go and work out than I had done in a couple of years. I think that it was a good season for the team in terms of what we're trying to do for the future. And the biggest thing that stands out for me is, is just how much our young 
British talent stepped up. I also have to give a quick shout out to Mitchell von Schenkt, who was our number two starter this year. Mitchell's 18. He's just gone off to university in the United States at college baseball. He pitched his butt off this year. It was incredible. I think his ERA was 1.7. And he didn't just, you know, with young guys, when they're going well, they can roll through a lineup. That can happen. The thing that was impressive with Mitchell was when it was runners on second and third, one out and we were up by two his stuff and command got better and that is uh that's usually the sign of a guy who's gonna absolutely compete at the level he deserves to our shortstop michael flaherty is also off to college in iowa he's going to grinnell kind of cool seeing that we're creating a little tradition within this club and team now you know we've got three four guys currently in college baseball we've got some college graduates it's pretty awesome that a youth program in north in a public park in north london is is producing players and, and, and human beings to a good enough standard to play at college baseball. And then I think the only other thing of note for me that really stands out this year is our first baseman, uh, outfielder, and one of the kids I'm just talking about who's graduated from college in the States, Zach Stroman. He, uh, he grew up 15 minutes from our field. Um, he signed a contract to play professionally in Germany this summer. He played for the Hamburg Steelers. And had a really good season, hit some home runs, drove some runs in. So yeah, all round, a, a good season, an interesting season. I think I learned, we learned a lot about ourselves. We learned a lot about how, how much this game means to us once it was taken away from us. Whilst there were many months in the summer, and I'm sure for all of your listeners, it's exactly the same. There were many months in the summer where there was a, a tangible fear that we wouldn't play baseball this year. When we did get back out onto the fields and have the dirt beneath our feet, for me at least, and I know my teammates talked about it, it felt like we were little leaguers again. Definitely an exciting year. We went 9-3. and three. We won the, uh, the NBL Open Tournament. We beat the NFL Capitals in the final 9-1. Um, we beat the Lancashire Legends in the semi-final and got to give a quick 10 seconds to the Lancashire Legends and their coach Jonathan Rodriguez what they're doing is absolutely incredible J-Rod's a wonderful dude and he's a great baseball coach also and when he told me what he wanted to do with them I was excited for him the best part of it was seeing them for the first time this season and, and seeing the bare bones of something um, and then seeing them in their third, fourth playoff game at Finsbury Park in the playoffs. You know, nobody wants to play the third, fourth playoff game, right? That's like the death knell. These guys were in Finsbury Park at 11 a.m. for the game that nobody wants to play. Some of them are driven down from Scotland. Some of them are driven down from Lancashire. And they were fired up. They were ready to play baseball. They were getting excited for their teammates. And uh, I sat back and looked at that and said, British baseball's, uh, British baseball's in good hands if we've got guys like that doing things. So... That's R twenty twenty, bud. So there we go. I think that's the other end of the spectrum for us. I think <laughs> it's fair yeah, to say. definitely. And but, it's good to see. Sorry, it's good to see that drive that he wants British players to, to come through the ranks. I was going to say. I think that's the underlying factor. That there's still huge importance, no matter what level you're at, to have this growth in the game, this have this foundation in place. And yeah, the British players coming in. What more can you ask for from from that perspective? You know. Just talking about those guys, young guys going off and getting pro contracts in Germany or, you know, playing college ball is is fantastic. Mm. And I've got a feeling, not getting ahead of myself, but I've got a feeling that this is going to be a common thread. Obviously, we've had COVID; it's put things all up in the air entirely. Teams are reacting, hopefully, in a very positive way and, and looking towards the future. And, and in some ways, it's become a bit of a blessing that we've had this kind of almost. I think Jonathan says it there. It's like the little leaguers again it's almost like a, it's a reset button mm. so um, no it's exciting and I'm, I'm really pleased that uh, we've had a guy uh, of his stature come on and, and, and talk to us about baseball thanks what Jonathan I, what I think is mad before we go sorry no, to go along with that it's just mad that like he says you know playing a public park in North London you know how many people must walk past that park oh yeah a day yeah. Finsbury Park baseball, is not yeah. Yeah. that's what I'm saying you know baseball is happening and no one bats an eyelid at it but yet they've got college players there, professional players going off to Germany, you know, national yeah. players, you know, it's, it's absolutely nuts. It's just that, you know, what's what's on people's doorsteps and they just don't realise yeah. that it's out there. But anyway, no, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, thank that's you, Jonathan, you for that. Appreciate you getting in touch and, and, you know. I mean, yeah, it's fair to say we don't know much about the baseball scene outside of our own East of England Baseball League. So let's go to the complete other opposite side of the country, uh, Bristol. We've got Rodri talking to us um, about what's going on down there. And you might hear he's got his son helping him as well. So, you know, listen out for him. I'm Rodri Thika. I'm the head coach for the Bristol Badgers and the Bristol Baseball Club overall. Um, 
pretty much responsible for player development. And then I manage our, our first team, which is the Bristol Badgers that compete in the uh, AA Southwest competition for this season. So, I mean, overall, we had a good season. We didn't uh, have a particularly winning season, but we're taking positives away from negatives. Uh, we, we always knew it was going to be a, a challenging year this year. Um, with how the BBF structured the league, they put a, a AAA team in our division, which it was a great idea because they're more local to what we, where we are. Um, so it gave our guys a bit of an opportunity to test themselves against opposition that normally play in a higher division. We had the formation of a, a, another Bristol team called uh, Bristol BC Vetro, which helped us again because they're local to us. So it meant a lot less travel for, for the Badgers. In previous year, you know, we've been traveling to London, Cambridge, um, the Midlands. So it's been a lot of driving for our guys. So it's been nice and refreshing to our furthest commute being 20 minutes down the road. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it was a great season. Um as I said, we didn't have a winning season. We uh, we ended up four and six. Um, but, you know, when we started our season, we weren't game ready. Um, you can blame that down to COVID and restrictions and all the rest. But, you know, as the season progressed, we we got better every game, which for us and our coaching staff was, uh, was definitely a success. We did have a few of our, our regular players didn't play this year because of COVID and they were shielding. So because of that, we had the opportunity to test some of our rookie players and get them into more, so better game-like situations that they'd normally be playing, So, which was great. So th those guys particularly, you know, they showed up to the game and they outdid themselves, which is great. So it's given us a lot of positives going into next year, really. As I said, we were tested ourselves against... Uh, um, the the Southwest Rebelde, so they're a Triple A team. They ended up winning our division this year. But you know, if we look at our our last game against them compared to our first game, it's night and day. Like we got beat every time, but you could definitely see in the last game that we were we were a lot more competitive. We were on their pitching. We were putting pressure on their hitters, both from pitching and from fielding. So as I said, we'll, you know, we'll take those positives away. It was uh, probably the wrong thing to say, but it was a bit of a Mickey Mouse year. Um, you know, it's ultimately means nothing in the long terms of things. So we've really treated it as a, as a development year and uh, a way that we can blood new players, which is good. In terms of my own personal year, I think I had a lot of fun. Um, it was nice that it was a, a shortened season. So, you know, a long season, April to September, sometimes it does weigh you down when you get to the latter parts of the year. So having just a good six weeks of playtime was great. I, I particularly, I had quite a good year. Um, I recently came off hip surgery last October. So I wasn't expecting to be 100%, but... I think that extended break helped out a lot um, rather than being pushed into an April start and only being pushed into a July start really helped with my, my fitness and getting me game ready, really. So, yeah, overall, it was a great year, I think, because we normally start up in early January, um, again, with uh, winter training and, you know, starting recruitment. And most of it's indoor because obviously the weather in the UK is rubbish. So it's just how, you know, Obviously, as a club, we've got a bit of thinking to do. How are we going to do that? Because um, obviously, we can't get 30, 40 guys indoors. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the next challenge going forward. What I like what he was talking about was um, players' willingness to travel mm. just to play baseball. Like, I mean, I've been to Bristol, but I know Bristol to mid the Midlands. You know, it's quite a trek for a game of baseball, oh, but it's quite yeah. good to see that they've got the eagerness, you know, to, to do so. No, definitely. And I think, like I said a minute ago, or just before we, we heard from Rodri, this idea of getting development in, in place this year, I think is definitely going to be a common theme. Mm. So, obviously, from what he was talking about there, getting these guys up against a AAA team, you know, helpfully that has reduced that travel time down by getting these guys in a division. And to some extent, that's obviously what we've seen over here with the formation of the EEBL. Yeah. So it's, it's reduced our times down as well. But, you know, having that level and that... Uh, that locality for a team like Bristol, you know, that's brilliant. That's that's, that's going to do them, you know, a, a world of good. And, and you even heard it from him then that obviously the first game they played against the, the Triple A's to the last game they played against the Triple A's, you saw a marked improvement, you know, and, and that can only hold them in good stead. Yeah, it's great to see developmental within a team, you know, if you commit, want to learn, want to listen, you know, you can certainly do something. And also just a shout out to the BC Petra. I mean, I played against them for the Battle for Britain. Yeah. 
um, for the Bar- Bar- Breathing Kittens. And nice group of guys, yeah. you know, nice group of guys there. So, yeah, and also Bristol Badger's fantastic name. Oh, it's a great name. Are badgers a lot in Bristol? I know a lot of brass badgers. Well, it's, it's quite rural, isn't it? So you'd, you'd hope that badgers, you know, kind of take to the fields and the... Uh... Have you ever seen a badger? Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't. No? Lived in Norfolk my whole life. Yeah, but you, you were born on the coast, though, where you don't really see many surfing badgers or anything, do you? Yeah, maybe badgers. I'm looking hard enough. Anyway, we digress. I think we should hear from, um, well... So I have no idea who's coming up, no, because Ian has been... <laughs> I think we should hear from a representative of, of the ladies' game. I think we've got uh, Jessica here now talking about uh, how she managed to, well, pretty much form a new team this year. Fantastic. So. I'll let her take it away. I'm Jessica Vernon, and I was announced as the manager for the Southern Bells baseball team, which is a new baseball team, a women's baseball team, which... Um, we played our first game on the 11th of October um, which was really exciting and that was probably the beginning and the end of of our season but it was a really great day Uh, we played in the Bucks baseball bash um, and played against the third place team from the tournament so it was really nice to get a team together um, to go down there it was just a scratch team initially we just I got a bunch of girls together to to go down and have a go playing together women's baseball doesn't get played very often um, so it was really good fun. Um, we had players from Bracknell, Guildford, Kent, Worcester, Hastings, South Coast, UKC and Telford. So it was a, it was a nice mix. A lot of us knew each other or had played against each other, which was really nice um, to finally play together. And I think I'll just talk through a couple of the stats from our first game because it was just awesome. So our pitch and staff pitched 193 pitches. Um, combined for 12 hits, six walks and seven strikeouts over five innings. And the team, we had a team on base percentage of 0.583, um, which was great. I think we, I think we took 11 walks over the game, which was again, one of those, one of those little wins that we spoke about in our team huddle before we started. We stole 12 bases. Um, and one of those even included home where the catcher didn't realize and threw the ball back to the pitcher <laughs> which was was really really good um we called it on camera so there'll be a video coming out soon of that yeah and I think it was just a really really great day we spoke a little bit to the team about like hustling and just the little things that we could win in the day which started off with me having to win the call to the plate for the manager so I raced up there um <laughs> and everyone was cheering um so that was like our first little win and then there's lots of other things like the first pitch strike and all the walks, um, things like that, stealing the bases and not getting picked off, things like that, the, like the, the running back, the diving back to the bases, um, which was really good. Um, and then something that we focused our hustle into was the nine to five, which you might have heard of. Um, I think Jay Rod's been speaking about it and Chris Ward, where if you're the fielding team um, and you get the final out, you have to hustle off the field before five of them get their gloves ready and get on the field. And it works the other way as well, about getting back on the field after batting. Um, And we challenged the girls to do that and we managed to do it 100% of the time, which was really awesome. It just kept us in the game um, and kept us really focused. So it started off as like a scratch team. Well, we didn't have any plans to do anything else. But after the game, because we travelled so far, we decided to do a little practice. It was hard work, but it was really great fun. And I think the team, we gelled and we've, we've decided to form a team. So we will be playing next year. Whereabouts, we're not sure yet. Um, but we've got a practice coming up, hopefully. <laughs> um, next weekend, the 1st of November at Farnham Park. And I guess if there are any baseball or softball females out there that would like to join us um, to play baseball, then they're more than welcome to. We are the Southern Bells baseball team, Facebook and Instagram. Um, or you can send us an email, which is just at Gmail. Um, and then we just hope to to practice monthly with the girls, um, just working really hard to see what kind of position we're going to be in next season for the start of the season. Um, personally, I would have played a lot more games. Um, I think I played 150 softball games last year, like including tournaments and league games. But I'm not sure that I would have gone back to baseball. Um, I didn't play baseball, haven't played for a couple of years. And it was something that I did this year to just get some more game time. And it, it kind of evolved from there. I played a couple of pickup games at Farnham Park, the turn up and play games that they started doing. And it just, yeah, decided to enter this this tournament and we, we came up with a team. I was the starting pitcher um, and our first two outs of the game were, were strikeouts. So I think that put a positive thought in all of our minds. 
um, a positive start to the game. Uh, oh, well, I did. I got a walk and I stole to second base, um, which, which is definitely a double win, I think. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it was good, actually. Yeah, it was really, really good. Thanks for that, Jessica. That's fantastic uh, to hear that women just want to play baseball. Yeah. The fact that, I mean... How many different town cities was represented in that one team? Oh, precisely. That people people travelling to? You know, you're a baseball team and you haven't got a women's team because you think all oh, women aren't interested. Just just start one up, I think. I mean, Norwich I've seen have started one up. Well, and, yeah, yeah. And, w- and the well, interest was oh, just yeah. incredible. So this just this proves that, you know, women want to play no, and can. Definitely. Let's, let's let's say that. They can play baseball. Oh yeah, those stats. Those you know, those stats, stats are, and, you know, 0.583% on base. Pitching was just incredible. Yeah. No, I think that I think it really is again another positive that's come out of this enforced break, really, because I mean, as Jessica said, it's it's getting the team together to play baseball. She hadn't got anything else really to do this year, and, and putting it together from October into those um, tournaments, and then deciding to take it on purely because they've obviously found the the team is going to be something that can sustain, and and to have those players coming from those distances around the south. I mean, yeah, like you say, from our own um, taster day, we had one of the uh, two of the girls from Worcester come over, mm. three hour drive in the, the morning, six hour round trip. That yeah, was. so hats off to them, and I really hope that we can see a lot more from the Southern Bells and well, other teams around the country. So we've got Valkyries and, and obviously our own our own women's team. Um, I'm just yeah, again, really positive for the future on on that front. Hopefully, hopefully, get a game or something sorted. Why not? Fantastic. And also talking about names, Southern Bells, fantastic name. Oh, I think that's really cool. It's got that kind of, yeah. New Orleans, Southern. Yeah. Oh, love it. Also reminded me of uh, Memphis Bell, that sort of, that 40s. Strange where your mind goes, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because you know, I'm thinking the whole, you know, New Orleans, digressing again, Ian. A little bit. It's what we do, it's what you listen for. It's because I'm a big Harry Cotton fan. But then before we go, I mean, you know, 12 stolen bases, and why them being home? Fantastic. Pretty I mean, I know our captain Luke, he's going to be. He's going to try that all the time. He's, he's I think Tom Thornhill's always been guilty of stolen home base as well. He's trying it. Yeah, so. so you've got to have your head screwed on and know what you're doing to yeah. go and attempt that even in the first part. Or do yeah. you have to, yeah, or, or to, to try and do it? Is your head screwed on, really? Because you have to be a bit nuts to try it. Well, you've got to be, yeah, but you've still <laughs> got to be aware. Yeah. You've got to be the nuts awareness. Yeah. Excellent. So thanks again. Right. I'm going to go to a different country entirely now. Um, got your passport ready? I have. And. We're going to speak to John up in Scotland. Now, John, you may know as co-host of Bullcaps and Bagpipes, um, another podcast that's out there, another brilliant podcast. If if ever you listen to another baseball podcast, well, it'll probably be ours. But no, John, really great guy, can really talk for hours, so go and check out his podcast as, as well as ours and the others that are out there. But uh, yeah, here's his take on what happened or didn't happen up in Scotland. I'm John McKellar. Glasgow Comet baseball player in the Baseball Scotland National League. Uh, I play mainly left field uh, this uh, season, if you want to call it that. Uh, we didn't have a league season up here in Scotland. Uh, it was mostly local scrimmage games for the most part. This season I started playing a bit of first base as well, which I've really enjoyed and have found that I've uh, surprisingly taken to quite well. I had always wanted to try and master an infield position and I've played a wee bit of second base over the years. I, I'm a guy that, you know, I think my coach would be able to put me there and not, you know, stress too much about me missing everything. I would by no means say that I'm Barry Larkin over there, but you know, <laughs> I'm a pretty big guy, as you can probably tell. So I'm not the fastest. I certainly don't have the legs that I did when I was 21 years old. Uh, and I don't even have the legs that I had last year, which was uh, part of the reason that I initially thought last season was going to be my last season playing. Two factors led to me deciding to call it quits last year, one being uh, just my health wasn't great. My legs were sore, my back was sore, and also my son was born in February this year. So I was like in in anticipation of that, thinking I'm not going to be able to play baseball every Sunday while the little one's a baby. Um, But a couple of things changed over the winter. My son's mother was going to Poland for most of the summer, and uh, also I started to feel a hell of a lot better. So I went to indoor training over the winter and thought, you know, I'll give it a try, and if it feels right, I'll, I'll... try and play as much as I can um, and I felt absolutely fine I actually felt pretty great in winter training uh, so I decided you know what I'm going to come back and, and just play as much as I can that turned out to be not very much because COVID-19 had other plans uh, we really only had two games that could be considered proper games the Comets one was against the Tableau Breakers 
who were supposed to be the newcomers this year. They were kind of all ready for their first season. I felt really bad for uh, for Jason West, who put that team together. He's an ex uh, Glasgow Galaxy player. He was gutted, and I can imagine, you know, how but how hard he's worked. You know, he's, he's basically built a field by himself. He put so much effort into it, and you know, everything looked great. You know, coming out of last season. And then COVID happened. So it was great to share the field with those guys, though. Uh, we beat them 17-3, I believe, was the final score. I might be wrong, but it was uh, a bit of a thrashing. Um, we were the first game of a doubleheader, though, and I think that they had their eyes on like the, the other team, which was the Glasgow Galaxy. They've won the last three Baseball Scotland National League titles. So, you know, they could be forgiven for wanting to rest their, mo- their most important players for that game. But... It felt really good to get some competitive baseball in that wasn't just a scrimmage against the Galaxy. Every every Sunday, um, that was a good game. And it set us up really nicely, I thought, for the uh, Glasgow Cup Day game, uh, which was won by the Comets 7-1 to over the Galaxy. Uh, we finally won that City Championship for the first time since 2014. I played uh, a small role in that game, um, but I think the star of that show was definitely David Panamanian, the pitcher who uh, came along this year. <laughs> this guy is, is some pitcher. He pitched a complete game and, you know, the best team in the country were nowhere near his level. So <laughs> it's going to be amazing to see what he can do over the course of a full season. You know, the pandemic allowing, on a personal level, I want to get my confidence back at plate and I want to be able to start kind of hitting the ball better and more consistently. You know, my biggest strength, I think, at the plate is probably plate vision and discipline. Without which I think I would be absolutely screwed because uh, I just don't have the confidence or the timing uh, at the plate for some reason at the moment. And it's been a, a year-long issue. This is just something that happens. People go into slumps uh, and when you only play once a week and when you don't have any competitive games for months on end, as has been the case this year, uh, a slump can last a hell of a long time. So yeah, for me personally, uh, I just want to continue doing what I've been doing in the field because, you know, I'm speaking for myself here, but I don't think I've uh, made, you know, all that many horrible errors that have been massively costly. So <laughs> in the field there over the years, so you know, there I'm fairly comfortable. I'm not a guy who's going to start and play nine innings in every game anyway. So you know, I'm quite comfortable with where I'm fielding wise. Uh, so so putting that back together for me is personally the goal and being able to contribute uh, and put runs on the board. Uh, as a team, I think the Comets need to be looking at challenging for the title next year. Um, if you had asked me this six months ago, I would have said being top four and making the postseason. With a couple of the additions and returns uh, that we have uh, moving into 2021, uh, most notably the aforementioned David, watching him pitch in that Glasgow Cup game was like watching Da Vinci at work. You know, it was like he was creating like a masterpiece with every pitch that he threw. And I was just absolutely astounded because we've never we've had some really good pitching arms in Glasgow, but I haven't seen anyone that's been at that level uh, with that sort of velocity in Glasgow before. You know, there's Federico in Aberdeen and there's Sam who played in uh, Edinburgh last year, um, who are pretty much probably the closest equivalent that I can think of. But there aren't that many pitchers in our league that are that consistent and that explosive. So if he can make all the games and if he can keep up the level of consistency, that plus the returns, such as uh, notably John Nelson, who's the all-time single-season home run record leader uh, in Scotland. He uh, set a new record beating my podcasting partner, Jason Dare's record, by one in 2017. Uh, That year, he also won the Scottish MVP award and then went off to do other things like caber tossing and drinking whiskey. <laughs> Just, you know, the usual. So with the additions, uh, the returns, just the overall team chemistry as well, uh, I've said before privately, and I'm always uh, more than happy to say publicly that I, you know, I think that I have the best teammates in the country. What makes the comments, I think, special isn't the fact that we win every game, it's the fact that we always enjoy each other's company on the bench regardless. Uh, the spirits are always high. And, you know, the comments achieve what I think we all become baseball players to do, which isn't just to win, but also just to have a great time with friends and, and make uh, relationships that, that endure. Even when the you know, even when even when you've got like runs going up on the board like crazy against you and you don't feel like it, keeping the banter up and the spirits high is something that the comments are always great at. Pretty tough year for Scottish baseball. They've had very little opportunity to play any games and Scotland in general, I think. Well <laughs> but they run with their own laws and, and good luck to them. But um I actually feel most sorry for Jason and the Tapeport Breakers because you know this was supposed to be 
like us, our, their, um, their inaugural season. Mm. So, again, I think there's a lot of positives to be taken from what John was talking about, getting the team back and, and players returning back and, and building for that future in the, in the sport. I just want to also just clear one thing up. Norwich, I see any have better team chemistry and banter. <laughs> Well, um, Warriors so certainly do. Warriors yeah. certainly do. I mean, we, we don't play for Dicini, per se. But yeah, um, so just want to put that out there, John. Norwich <laughs> yeah. Dicini Warriors have better team chemistry and banter than you. I think, to be fair, one thing I really appreciate about the game of baseball, and I've certainly learned this more over the last six months to a year, baseball's got a great ethic mm. running throughout the squads and teams that we've played against and we talk about this a lot don't we oh we do it's, yeah. it, it really makes it a different I don't think I've ever known this in any other sport really I've, I've been in, no I, I really enjoy it It's it's got that great level of not only just fun and, and as John said the banter and as Jonathan said earlier on having a team of brothers it's also got that level of competitiveness and the edge there still you know you're not just so relaxed that you're just all horizontal but everybody's there still to have fun and enjoy it and, and get the most out of the game possible. And to talk about Scotland, Scottish baseball, I'd love to, to play up in Scotland mm. with the Warriors. So any single A, double A teams up there, fancy it when this all clears up, put it in the back of your mind, Norwich have seen the Warriors, we'll get talking and see if it's something we could arrange, you know, oh, a year, yeah, two love, years love, time. Love a tour up there. Love Glasgow a tour up there. And, and, um, yeah. Might actually get my wife interested because Edinburgh is her favourite city in the world that she's been to. Up the Jambos. Um, um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Scottish baseball. So, yeah. Thanks for that, John. Appreciate it. And, yeah. Listen to his podcast. Ball caps and bagpipes. I mean, if you have to. I mean, I mean you know, obviously second like to... Yeah. You know, second to... What we call it again? again? Uh, British baseball. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think we'll come slightly more south because, well, we have to now. Here is Tim talking about his team up in Sheffield. Hi, I'm uh, Tim French. I'm the club secretary for the Sheffield Bruins Baseball Club. We're a relatively new team. This is our third season in the, uh, well, what would be the British Baseball League Northern League. Uh, unfortunately, due to coronavirus, uh, we didn't actually get any league play uh, this year, but we did enter the BBF Open Tournament. So we got kind of pulled with the rest of the Midlands teams that were entered. So we were initially in a pool with Long Eaton Storm, Leicester Blue Sox and Birmingham Bandits. Initially, we were keen to, to go into a AAA division, but due to the nature of uh, the regional locality uh, of the tournament, uh, that wasn't possible. So we were entered into the AA uh, t- tournament bracket, um, but with the proviso that we'd play in a AAA playoff berth. So, yeah, it was a very interest- interesting experience for us. Um, we had a couple of really interesting games against Long Eaton Storm. We had a few issues with Leicester, mainly due to their local restrictions limiting our play. So we didn't actually get to play any games against them, which we were a bit gutted about because we think they're really great guys. Um, and we had a couple of games against Birmingham Bandits. But yeah, it was it was a very interesting experience getting to see some BBF tournament play, which is obviously something that we aren't particularly used to um, playing in the independent leagues. So it's interesting to see the standard of play um, in the BBF side. We, we we did you know pretty well um, in that in that round robin stage. Um, we weren't really too too surprised about that. Um, we know that we're probably um, a much higher standard than some other teams we were playing. Um, so we won that division, knowing that we go into a triple A AAA playoff um, where we played Essex Redbacks. Um, that was actually a really really tough game. Uh, massive credit to Essex for making the trip up um, to Sheffield. It's probably a good three hour drive up for them. Um, they were in really high spirits. It was a really, really close fought game um, for a couple of innings and they kind of romped away with it. We were struggling a bit for pitching depth uh, and selection choices. Uh, and ultimately, we, we lost that that playoff game uh, and then Essex went on um, through to, to play the Kent Bucks in the, in the AAA final. Personally, I think we were just looking to get as much baseball as possible this year, considering the, the situation. Uh, as you can expect, um, it, was, it was difficult uh, to organise our main focus, apart from baseball itself, was really developing our club. Um, we started off being a very small club. I think there was only about 15 of us that started it three years back, and now we're, we've almost doubled in size. We've got a development team, the Sheffield Cubs, and we've already uh, all also just kind of started up our own women's team. We're the first team in England uh, to set up a uh, women's team, uh, and we're really proud of that fact. Uh, and I think we're up to having 15, 16 girls in our in our women's team, which is a really, really great achievement um, and great for the local area, um, getting new and experienced players into the game uh, and hopefully setting ourselves up well for the 2021 Women's League season next year. 
and I hope really deliver a pathway for the women of Sheffield to get into the national team uh, structure as well. Um, we've got really close links to Doris Hocking through our general manager, Kelly. She she is really close friends with Doris uh, and our head coach, Josh Taylor, is also really close friends. Uh, and we're hopeful that that working really hard and, and really helping to push the, these these fine young women um, will help them to develop their skills and hopefully, yeah, onto the, the national stage. So in terms of club development, we've really, really grown. And I think, yeah, the season is what you make of it pretty much. I think it was one of those where didn't really have much expectations and kind of lockdown was announced, but as kind of restrictions were lifted, we really just wanted to try and make the most of it. And we've had a lot of friendly games. The, the Cubs team have been up to Newcastle. Uh, they've played a few games against Hull. Uh, the Trojans gave us a couple of really good games as well. Uh, and we also went down and played the uh, NBL Lancashire Le- Legends one game uh, down at Farnham Park as well. So we really tried to travel all over the place and really make the most of it. I think one of the highlights of our year was was back in end of February, March. We went out to Spain, so we played uh, an international tournament against uh, Benamehi, Sevilla and Marbella, uh, which was really great. We played it over a weekend just before lockdown actually came into place. We managed to get away and um, it was really, really cool to, to see what international baseball was like. Uh, they play on perfect diamonds. It's all astroturf. There's no issues with setup and takedown. Uh, really, really high standard. And we actually showed that we can compete on the big stage we end up finished second out of four teams which are really really shocked that we did that well but I think we also kind of knew that that we are a team to be reckoned with uh, and um, and we're kind of really looking forward to see what happens now we're hoping that we can keep those links and really keep those ties that mean we can go back to Spain and we can inter- invite international teams over to our fields uh, and really create long-lasting links um, as well as potentially opening up uh, the option to to go other places as well I think it's all about um putting our name out and, and showing that, that, that baseball is here in the UK and it's really strong and thriving. Uh, and we, we're really keen to kind of get more involved with these tournaments. Um, five of our guys are represented by the, in the Northern Knights team that played at the uh, Battle for Britain um, tournament a couple of weeks back. Uh, and I think we're really keen uh, to show that there's a lot of baseball talent in Sheffield. And yeah, I don't think there's really much expectations you can have for 2021 other than just seeing if we can do it and, and hoping that there is a really good opportunity for some high quality baseball in the future. Personally, I just want to say a massive thank you to to the whole baseball community for for what's been a really really tough time. Um, everyone's really pulled together. It's been really great to see everyone on social media sharing their memories and their moments that make baseball great for them. I know there's been a lot of support for the national team stuff. Um, Liam Carroll, obviously uh, retiring from being uh, head coach, and now Drew Spence coming in is a really really good thing to see. And obviously, uh, one of our own, Gavin Marshall, he's a Northern hero. Uh, great to see him becoming the pitching coordinator for the national team structure as well. And I think, yeah, the resilience and resolve of, of, of uh, British baseball players and understanding the, the difficulties that, that have been represented by coronavirus and trying to get around it uh, and really just um, making the most of what has been a really difficult time has been really, really great to see. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing everyone getting back out there, sharing their experiences, their results. You know, I love creating baseball content videos and whatever. We're really going to get into streaming in a big way next year and hopeful that we can really share the word about baseball as much as possible. Uh, big shout out to all the podcast guys, to, to, to this podcast, obviously, to the British Baseball Podcast, uh, just keeping everything ticking over while there's not been a lot else to do. Uh, has really kind of kept everyone together and, and keep, keep the focus on uh, really making baseball good in Britain, to be honest. Firstly, thanks for the shout out, Tim, and also thanks, yes to the uh, British Baseball Podcast mentioned in there as well. Again, if you're going to listen to another podcast other than this one, well, why would you want to? No, exactly. I mean it's. It, I think the big point that Tim made there, and I completely agree, is well, just thanking the whole community really in terms of getting something out there for you know any team to play really, and yes, the likes of the British Baseball Podcast and Ball Caps and Bagpipes and ourselves if you like um just being a presence and being consistent throughout this this year where madness yeah it's just been unprecedented and 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 really sort of a a difficult time to kind of get through in terms of playing things and and hats off to everybody that's been able to get a game up and and out there It's, it's been real positive i think um in such a frustrating time but also going to spain Lucky bastards. Yeah, how do they arrange that? I don't know. I think we've got our tour next year to Ipswich. I mean, <laughs> that's about as far as we're going. But I've um, I've saved the best to last. And, all right, it's purely because he's called Ian as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I couldn't... I think it's a bit I biased there. Eh? Representing the Ians. Exactly. He's spelled correctly, though. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's spelt with one eye as it should be. But no, again, another guy that I could have actually just talked to for hours. He's um, very enthusiastic about the game, and well, here's what's been happening up in the northwest. So uh, I'm Ian Lees, and I'm general manager of the Liverpool Trojans. Uh, the Trojans are the oldest existing uh, baseball club in the country, having been going since 1946. And this is how this year has gone for us. Started off really promising. We completed a merger with Holton Baseball Club. So we took control of their facility, which enabled us to start a third team, third adult men's team. We then got contacted by someone who used to work with the Holton Club about sponsorship. And they wanted to continue the sponsorship with us, uh, which was great. We've not, not had a sponsor wanting to put cash into our club for, for many years. So it's absolutely fantastic that that, that, that came about. That's a company called uh, Langtech. Eternally grateful for them for coming in and getting involved. We got, also got contacted by the local softball league. They were going through a bit of a transition uh, at the time with the guy who set it all up wanting to step away from uh, duties uh, and they were worried about being able to continue uh, so we stepped in to help them out uh, help them put a new structure in place and I think there's a there's an appetite to formally merge the two organizations down the line a little bit probably would have happened by now had 2020 have run a little bit differently we ran a lot of pre-season indoor sessions we put a Facebook advert out there uh, early on and we got an amazing uptake from the local area we had uh, between 40 and 60 people at our indoor sessions which was absolutely brilliant but it obviously brought challenges of its own in trying to keep people busy in relatively confined spaces uh, for that amount of time but it's a good problem to have for sure we continued to develop relationships uh, with uh, some of our key suppliers so baseball outlet uh, who people uh, will be familiar with already, I would have thought, uh, but also our jersey supplier, Newola. They've been around for the last three or four years, certainly working within British baseball for the last three or four years. They've done our jerseys. Uh, we've recommended them to plenty of people as well. So, yeah, so everything's looking everything's looking really good. Uh, the stars are aligning nicely. Uh, we were all set up. Uh, we even uh, managed to get a club shop up on the uh, Baseball Outlet website, uh, which meant that we were able to create a larger base of merchandise available to our club. That's great for the members, sure, but it's also great for us in terms of growing our brand and people asking questions about it, and that's that's an important step for us. We were sitting pretty. We had around 50 players signed on for the season, and we were all ready to go. Uh, and then, obviously... Uh, what happened next. There was <laughs> no precedent set for that. Uh, first of all, uh, all on-field activities were shut down. So we looked at what we could do away from the diamond. Uh, so we spent a lot of time setting up uh, a new club website. Uh, one of the guys, one of the young, young guys within our team uh, was instrumental in that, a guy called Cameron Miller. Uh, he set up the uh, the initial page and then we started developing it between us and got it to a stage that we're happy with. We'll give it a little plug, trojansbaseball.co.uk if anyone wants to check it out. A little bit down the line, we were able to start doing some socially distanced training uh, and I have to give a big shout out to Scott Gray, who's our second team manager, because we had to run plenty of sessions because we could only have limited numbers of people down there uh, and Scott was key to ensuring that they could happen although he wasn't allowed to be at every session himself uh, he was uh, sanitizing the keys uh, passing them on to the people that needed to get there and set it all up uh, and really making sure that uh, every session could go uh, as smoothly as possible. Midway through the season, it started look, to look a lot like we weren't going to be able to play at all. Uh, and we were grateful to be able to apply for and get a grant from Sport England. And we were signposted to that by uh, Luis at BSUK. And that put a lot of our immediate financial concerns for the year. We still, we still had, although we weren't playing, we still had a lot of costs that, we're gonna, that we had to cover. Um, so that uh, made that a lot easier. We had to pay for our diamond rent, our container hire, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's made that made it a lot easier. And then eventually, we we were able to start playing. We were we didn't join the BBF Open tournament with the majority of it being down south. There wasn't an appetite for that amount of travel for, for within our membership. Uh, we were also in an area. Uh, where had we have joined, we would have been told that we couldn't continue to play uh, anyway because further lockdown restrictions starting to come in. We did manage to get a few games in. We only got one game in, or one double header in against another club, and that was against Sheffield Bruins, uh, who were our great rivals in the 2019 season. We just pipped them in the uh, in a best of three final to take the AAA title. Uh, they were looking really good last year. They're probably the ones who've been hit the hardest by, by not playing last year because they had a really strong team. Uh, and in the development game, as much as it was a development game and neither team were taking it all that seriously. Uh, they were they were looking really good and I think they'd have been a formidable opponent uh, for every team in the division last year. And then after that, it was really about development games within uh, within our own squad. So we'd use our own player pool uh, and we'd do what we can uh, to get these new players reps. And the difference between the people who turned up in January uh, and the players that they were by the end of August, uh, start of September when we, when we stopped playing, 
uh, was noticeable for for everyone to see, even though we weren't able to get uh, to get teams out. So really excited about about next year as well. I'm really getting a sense of togetherness from the British baseball community that we haven't seen for uh, for a few years. So I'm really excited about that personally and what it means for the club as well. One of the things that we're committing to as a club uh, is to make baseball more accessible. Uh, at the moment, it feels a bit like you have to love baseball to play it. I can't tell you the number of players that we've lost over the years. Uh, you know, good, promising, uh, youngish players, mid-20s, uh, who get married and have kids. And then, obviously, they, they struggle to give up the time commitment of being out from 8am, 7am on a Sunday uh, and not coming back again until 6, 7pm. So I think uh, so. What we're looking to try and do, probably in short format uh, to begin with, is have come some kind of Trojan Summer League, and that's going to be an evening metal bat league with pitching restrictions, potentially no outfield fence. There's lots of ideas floating around there. What we want to be able to do is have a pop-up game of baseball. We want to be, we want to be able to get there, get to the field, uh, and uh, and be done in two, three hours' time, much like you could for a game of football. Uh, it's, a big, it's a big year for the club as well uh, next year uh, in the fact that it would have been uh, Norman Wells' 100th birthday uh, in either January or February next year. Norman Wells was, was the original Trojan. Uh, he started the club in 1946 um, and unfortunately he died, I think it's four years ago, last month. So it would have been his 100th birthday in January and uh, we're really looking to find a way to, to honour that. We're having discussions with the council, but given the pandemic and given the the redeployment of council staff those conversations aren't progressing at the rate that we would like and we may struggle to announce uh, any firm plans by the time his birthday comes around but we're we're really hoping to be able to to, to have a, a hub for the sport uh, in Liverpool and be able to develop our ground in Norman's name um, to honour his uh, what would what would have been his hundredth birthday, uh, we've got, we're, getting, we're getting help from BSUK, uh, and hopefully when the council are ready to engage with us again on, on this, we'll be able to make some quick progress. And I think that would be the, the perfect start for for next year, where we can get out, we can make all the progress that we wanted to make this year, and we continue to build on our uh, on our legacy in, in British baseball history. There we go, the original Trojan. Love that. I, I think again something that's really obvious across the board through all the people that have spoken today it's it is that taking the team that you've currently got and giving it a foundation giving it a route to develop from for next year and, and going forward and i keep going back to the point it just seems like it's a it's a good time to do it you know sweep the old out and, and bring in the new and, and getting a lot of new foundations in place amazing what they have done to begin with i think they're the trojans and, and the merging of the teams and even in actually picking up the softball side of things it, it's going to get a lot more people involved in the game and uh, really really good bloke to talk to Ian um, not that I'm biased as I say <laughs> yeah, what I liked about what Ian said there and just everyone that we've had on today is that no one's been given the bad news back in March whenever it was this year oh we'll sit back and we'll just let this year run out and we'll come back to it 2021 see what happens they've all thought no we can get this sorted out this year we can still do this we can still do this whether that be developing a website, developing, you know, younger players coming in, starting a team from scratch, you know, like the Southern Bells, they've all been proactive in what they're doing, Definitely, yeah. rather than, oh, we'll sit back, let this year blow over, and yeah. we'll come back to it 2021. Um, and then talking about, you know, shout out to Nuola, they also deal with the Norwich Icini Warriors, absolutely love their, their shop. We've Just, got our own shop with them now, haven't we? We have got our own shop, as in Norwich Icini Warriors, not bats, caps, and sunflower seeds. Well, imagine a, Bounce Cap Sunflower Seeds t-shirt would be quite cool. Oh yes, I think that might have to happen. Yeah. So yeah, no, thanks for all the guests we've had on today. Every 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 episode we do, I'm always overwhelmed by the response we're getting. Definitely, yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I think we, we set out to do this um, this year. I think this is just, probably going to be our... Just our, to shut us up. Yeah, we just, just, yeah, like, just, we just talk far too much. And just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, to, just so we've got an outlet of where we can talk because we just talk too much. We weren't expecting the the feedback and and the listens that no. we we have got, and, and again we can only especially thank if there's you. a lot of podcasts out there already. Yeah, and, and very good a, podcasts in, yeah, as well. In such a, a niche sport, um, niche is back. A niche is back. In such a, a niche sport, we want to kind of do this for fun and the enjoyment of it, but also for the love of the game. And in each episode, we have tried to make something a little bit different. Some have worked, some haven't. We know that it, it, it's a learning curve. This 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 series, but I think we finished this series on a massive high hearing from not only 
people all over the country, but from every level of the sport as well. It's yeah. been absolutely superb. Big congratulations to everybody who's managed to get a game on this year. I think that's that's really been impressive. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really really positive for next year. Ash, I don't know about you. Um, you know, it's another year towards retirement, but it's another year that I think we're going to enjoy ourselves. And uh, here, 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 here. Yeah, we're quite fortunate now. We're getting ready to play a baseball game today. Yes, we have. We've got a, a friendly against the UEA. Blue Sox. Blue Sox. And, all right, so it's technically our season is over, but we've had this friendly put in place quite recently. We're going to go and go out there and, and give it our all, and hopefully we'll be back next year. I'm sure we'll, we'll be back with like some special episodes throughout. I mean, Christmas, we can probably think of something. I'm sure there'll be some sort of... Yeah, yeah. we'll be about. We're not going to completely disappear. But no, thanks to everybody for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the series. Uh, yeah, we'll see you again soon, and keep playing baseball. Yep, yeah, a bientôt.